electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Sarah Eisen with Jim Cramer, live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl and David have the morning off. Take a look at futures this morning. It's really the bond market that's in focus. And we're seeing a little mini bounce this morning. Dow futures. A mini bounce. Up 49. Like we're still down for the week. The S&P is tracking for a third week in a row of losses, down 1.3%. Uh, NASDAQ futures up 73 points. We've got a lot to talk about here on a summer Thursday. Our roadmap starts with earnings. Walmart posting better than expected second quarter results, raising its full year guidance. The stock is off the highs of the morning, though. Fellow Dow component Cisco gets a lift, beating with its quarterly results. And talking up AI, CEO Chuck Robbins will be joining us here at Post 9 this hour. Plus, investors continuing to digest Fed minutes released yesterday. Ten-year note yield hitting a fresh 15-year high. What is at stake for equities? We're going to begin, though, with Walmart, Jim, posting a beat with its second quarter results, raising full-year forecast. The retail giant benefiting from customers seeking bargains. U.S. comps up by a better-than-expected 6.4%, and e-commerce jumping 24%, led by pickup and delivery. They're clearly taking share because they're out-comping their competitors and the industry. They're crushing. They're crushing. You know, I, I want to straighten some things out here. I mean, when you have, e- when you have e-commerce up 24%, okay, when you have advertising, which is just free money, what are the gross margins there? 35%, much higher margin. Flywheel, I think, is cranking. Price gaps... Back to school, all very strong. So they gave a little bit of a light guide. I mean, that's what people are freaking out about. There are no other holes. And I have to tell you, it's really a light on the operating income growth. You buy it. You'd buy okay. it. Now, look, I mean, it did run Even up. though sentiment it is very up. strong it already. Yeah. Right? It and ran up Sam's into earnings. as good as I thought. Sam's up 5% or so. Yeah, it seems, seems it's just okay. But I've got to tell you, I sit here and I look at this number and I think, uh, the, the general merchandise was unbelievable. Okay, down low single digits, uh, 300 basis point improvement. Let's just sit back for a second and enjoy what is happening here. The stock's had a monster run. We can compare it to Target. By the way, and, and I was just, I kind of missed yesterday. The other, uh, I, was, I was too soft. There was a pride issue in the month of May in yeah. Target. And, uh, they acknowledged I, that. I, I, right, and I, I soft peddled it. I shouldn't have done that. And just saying, like, to correct But it does myself. look to have stabilized because, right, because July was better I, I and August was better. I couldn't quantify it, so I didn't know what to and do. And neither could they, or they well, said they couldn't. You're right. But anyway, I think that Walmart's really good. And if you want to sell Walmart, I'll buy it from you. Okay, how about that? But, well, it, it's certainly better valued than, yes. well, Target's better valued than Walmart at this yeah, point. But, and, and you have Walmart's yield, outperforming. But uh, Walmart is the place to go uh, other than TJX so far. TJX has been the star of the retail show. And you did not get that at TGX. That's okay. They do have a Brioni. <laughs> I love TGX. In TJX. Vegas, they have Brioni. You know what I thought was interesting also is that TJX had it a positive inflection in home goods, which all the doom and gloom we hear time. about housing and tar- from Target and Home Depot. And when you go there, I mean, you know, the, the selection was much better this month. I, I was thrilled. And by the way, the Thanksgiving selection, I'm told, is going to be fantastic. Hmm. Uh, they have more companies. They have the most they've ever had in inventory. Ollie's is calling it a super cycle of, of merch. 
they are using Bed Bath & Beyond older, play, you know, once the leases. Yeah. I've been trying to get some for pickle with my friends. They're bed. They're taking it from us. TJX, Home Goods. It, well, you know, when the Bed Bath go under. Yes. You can fit 12 pickleball pickle pickle courts. In, oh, you can. What are you laughing about? No, it's your on trend. Consortium. My, consortium is, my consortium is doing You play poorly. pickleball? I've taken some lessons. I mean, along with everybody else. Was that somehow making no, it worse? No, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Thank, thank, thank you for minimizing it. So what UBS is saying, and they were bullish into the print, I mean, everybody was on Walmart, is that... Yeah. Well, that was the problem, right? Results set the bar high mm-hmm. for other retailers this quarter, and it should be supportive of its premium multiple. So yeah, they not? double down. You know, look, I, I, it's very easy when you see a stock that's up this much and say, you know what? Uh, look, it's, it, it's done. Back to school, which is going to be good, it's already factored in. Uh, what I think people don't understand is, is that pe- the, mark- the buy side is always looking for a couple to get behind. And they're getting behind. I thought they'd get behind Home Depot more. Now, they did have two straight days. Home Depot was good. I, I rebounded the, yesterday. The aisle-to-aisle Home Depot was great. And Decker was very positive because he was saying, listen, we have wealthy consumers that are doing really well. But when you see TGX, people merely think that if that's so strong, it's bad. No. It's just there's a lot of companies that had a lot of extra inventory, and they came in. And they said in the call, this is the best inventory they've ever had to pick and, pick and choose from. You mentioned the raise. The, so Walmart raised guidance. They raised yeah. second half sales guidance. Yeah. But in the the implied guidance, though, marks a step down in the sales growth than exactly. the, than that we're than the we're, well, we're seeing, and that's being, causing some concern. Hey, you know, they've been conservative. Yeah, they, they could be conservative. You know, we're we're going to be talking to Chuck Robbins, CEO of Cisco. I think he was conservative in his quarter. Right, good it's quarter. It's not a good thing to under-promise over deliver. I'm Light looking guidance. at Chuck over here. Can you imagine? He's doing his fantasy team. He's, 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 drafting, he's drafting the Falcons running back way too high, but we'll talk <laughs> that later. He's ready to come on. I do think it raises a question, Jim, about what, what these retail results are saying about the overall economy okay, and, the, and the market. Because, because this morning, what is in focus? The 10-year Treasury yield. 15-year high set yesterday the at the close. Doing Overnight goes to two to 4.31. Well, the economy's very strong. You read the Fed minutes. I know you did that. Of course. Um, and you have to understand that the, the yield curve is wrong. See, now everyone tells you the yield curve, other than Sidney Homer and that Inside the Yield Curve book that I know that you love, bestseller, <laughs> uh, along with Peyton Place. The thing that really bothers me is that the people who were buying the 10-year over long the whole time, they were just wrong, but you never hear from them. You never hear from them. They were wrong. No, now, ever, now they're selling. The economy is is very strong. There is no, this soft landing, hard landing dichotomy, other than in the incredible Apple seven-part hijack, which was amazing, and I told Tim Cook that, there is no crash landing, and there is no soft landing. There's no landing. Well, that, but that could be a problem for Why? the market. Because, it, it, because of what the minute signaled yesterday is that most policymakers still see significant upside risk to inflation, and there is a tightening bias. Well, Jay is, Jay, my Jay. pal Jay, yeah. of course, Jay is doing exactly what you really want. Not if you're some person on Wall Street who's really rich and doesn't want anyone else to get rich. He wants people to be employed. I'm sure he looked at the African-American numbers and the Asian numbers wasn't happy. They weren't that good. What he's trying to do is make it so everybody's employed. Because, I mean, like, he is, I think. I think what he's trying to do is just of, make sure inflation doesn't creep back up. And, there, and there's risk uh, now of another wave. Yes. Do you agree? And that's why yeah. he's tight. He's like, oh, you're going to lower the boom on the, uh, the Jackson Hole? You're going to do a Jackson Hole lower boom thing? I, th- I don't see. How, I know that there's a lot of hype into Jackson Hole, and traditionally he's used Jackson Hole to signal some kind of shift. I don't know. I don't see how he can do that next no. week because there's not enough data evidence for them to either signal that they've done enough 
or that there's more to do. Amen. Clearly, there was a split in the Amen. minutes. You've got it dead. So right. I don't think they're going to, I don't know that he's going to say anything of note. I think the, next the data week. is split. What I, I would be concerned about, yes, is that we're way away from 2% for, on, for two inflation. Inflation. I think he just needs to see employment tick to four, and it hasn't. It had three and a half percent. Today we got jobless claims, and this was an important jobless claims number because it measured the August non-farm but payroll it survey exactly week. It was down, which is good. Fewer Americans. Exactly. It came down from the elevated level that we saw the week before. There's no major layoffs in this economy. No, there haven't. And Philly Fed was also an upside I mean, surprise. Yellow freight was the only thing, and yes, Philly Fed was best in a long time. Look, how about we go at it the other way? So we have a big story today. CVS loses a contract to Mark Cuban <laughs> and Amazon. No, we need every single line item needs to be down. We need to see rents down, right? We don't have actual homes down. But if you can just pick at the lines, maybe you don't have to have a spike in, 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 in unemployment. Just positive. What does that have to do with it? So, Steve, you're talking about uh, the Blue Shield California. Uh, this is the nonprofit I, I, signing with Amazon. But I think that that's a considerable save. And we Mark know Cuban's drug that Mark company. Cuban... Has worked hard to try to develop a system where your your drugs. So is Amazon. I tried the Amazon policy where they're down. I'm just saying that one after another after another. If you can tick down at what's been high, we know that there's been a, a big surplus lately of apartments being built in some areas. That maybe we don't have. This is my non-crash landing, non-soft landing. Maybe we're going to be winning as long as we play for time, Sarah. I think we're playing for time. I think Jay's playing. For but I think the question that the market is grappling with is, fine, no landing. That's certainly showing up in the data. But is good news really good news? Because does okay. it mean, is, should, should yes. you buy stocks on that? Yes. Because Answer's then yes. don't you have to worry well, about the Fed being higher for longer? We have a pause right now, as I think people are trying to, the people, same people who were wrong in bonds are now, of course, selling stocks because they're just wrong. It's okay. One of the things that I really hate, the, yes, the bond market's big. I and mean, I always hear, well, the bond market's really big, so it's right. Well, how about if the bond market's really big, but it's wrong? The economy is good. Oh, well, how about this one? Oh, it's 20 years, 17 years. You're playing that game, but how long it's been? Well, you know what? It never should have been down here. And Oh, and then you start hearing, well, the government's selling a lot of bonds. Why should the yield be four and a half? Why should the mortgage rate be as low as it is? Why should everyone be able to have enough money to be able to buy homes with cash? I think that so you're saying it's not such a bad change. thing that we're at these elevated levels. You are... A horse whisperer, which makes me a horse. <laughs> about, I don't know if I like don't that. Don't call yourself a horse. Warrior. No, Here's the thing. Still running. Since the financial crisis, we have not seen yields like this. It's been a low-yielding I, I am saying that it's, I'm saying it's a positive sign. I'm saying what it says is we have the best economy in the world. For tech even? Well, I mean, it we'll affects multiples. Now, tech, look, I know that there are people using an $800 target for NVIDIA now. I wish they weren't doing that. It should hurt tech mobiles. But you know what? This is not the end of the world. We are in an adjustment period. It's going to last probably another three, four weeks. We're adjusting to this new world where interest rates are higher, as they should be, because the economy is better, and we're also flooding the country with stimulus. You know we can talk all about the amount of money coming from Washington, and it is just hitting. Just now. I know. Inflation Reduction Act, CHIPS Act. <laughs> it's always funny, isn't it? I mean, so, so much. The CHIPS Act is just hitting right now. I know. So we're going to talk about 2024 and whether oh, no, no recession trade is in there, too. By the way, good morning, sir. Good morning. This is fun. We're also going to talk about that $800 price target on Rosenblatt, calling for $2 trillion for NVIDIA, and much more. We'll be joined by Cisco CEO Chuck Robbins on the other side of the break. Everything from the company's earning beat to his AI strategy. He is here at Post 9. More Squawk on the Street, straight ahead. For more than a decade. 
Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. We're going to have some fun on this one. Cisco's rising after repeating a beat. But get this, these guys reported a beat on top and bottom line. Doesn't get the respect from the sell side, but you know who actually buys stock? The buy side. And the stock is moving up. Chuck Robbins, Cisco CEO, joins us now for a first interview. I've got to tell you, Chuck, I have never heard you this exuberant, including things like saying uh, you're uh, the $57 billion in revenue, up 11% year over year, the highest revenue growth in a decade. And how about the fact that you've got this 30% total sequential product line, which is the highest, second highest in 20 years. You came out firing last night. Well, it's just the facts. So, I mean, it's... it's uh, but well, look, tell us how the facts happened. Well, if you think about what's happened over the last year, with our sales organization, when they, when they open a quarter, they give us a forecast. And when things are getting worse, they tend to miss the forecast by the end of the quarter. And this quarter, they came opened the forecast, they nailed month one, they nailed month two, and they ran through month three by hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, the sequential, the year over years are all wacky because of the pandemic and the supply chain stuff. But uh, the sequentials are what we've been watching. And, uh, you know, normally they're 18 to 20 percent, and they were in excess of 30 percent from Q3 to Q4. So it's one quarter, but it was certainly uh, felt better than the ones we've seen in the past. Well, I like the pastiche of how you did it, including what you're doing with hyperscalers, where, it, by the way, you have half a billion, uh, billion in, in sales for, for what is basically AI. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of people who feel like you got left behind, including yourself, in the, la- in, in the last revolution. That, that didn't happen this time. No. No, the first, the first wave we, uh, we missed, and right. we've been very open about missing it. And uh, the last few years, we've, we've reinvested. We've built some very high-end silicon that's very energy efficient. And uh, super powerful. And so we are well positioned as we enter this next phase, this artificial intelligence phase. Uh, We just launched a new ASIC for that in June. We're actually working with a bunch of the hyperscalers. In some cases, they're giving us input on design for the next chip. Uh, And in many cases, we're actually talking to them about designing silicon specifically for the customer. So uh, I think we're in good shape. I also like that that was was true because it's going to be sticky. And also taking share, which I thought was terrific. Uh, three points. I also like the fact, and you didn't play it up, I would have more, 
You're becoming a software company with absolute, with this recurring revenue, which is what you and I have been talking about for years, and it's fantastic. Yeah, so we have $35 billion in RPO. and um, English, please. <laughs> run pass option. It's a, re- <laughs> a remaining performance obligation. I, I, you know, I like your wide receivers, and I like your running back, but please, let's just keep going. A remaining performance obligation. So basically, Scott Heron, our CFO, went through on the call. He said between ARR that we can renew, between RPO of 18 billion, almost 18 billion that's already on the books for this fiscal year, and the backlog, we have about 40% of our revenue that's already inside Cisco for the year. And if you go back seven, eight years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. We were, we were trying to chase down orders every quarter to make the quarter. So this software transition has been great. The other data point I gave on the call is we launched in 2017, we launched subscriptions on our networking hardware, which everybody thought was a bit crazy. Right. And, um, and I always told them when the renewal opportunity for that became meaningful, I would share that with our analysts and, and shareholders. And yesterday we gave that number for the first time that this fiscal year, we will have close to a billion dollars in software renewals on hardware that we would have just monetized one time in the old model. And so, uh, so we're, we're feeling good about that. Some people thought your guidance was a little light, given Including how, Jim? En- how enthusiastic you, <laughs> what? you were. You mentioned it. Given how enthusiastic you were about the pickup in enterprise spending that you're seeing. Well, it, look, it was still down 14% year over year. And there, there are a lot of unknowns and dynamics out in the marketplace right now. And... Um, so we, we took the forecast from the team, we took the backlog, we took the AR, the RPO, and everything like that. We run the P&L. We were probably prudent, is what I would say. But, uh, is that code for conservative? We were Jim pr- also said that. We were yeah. prudent. We think we were prudent. So, uh, but it's, uh, look, there's, a lot of, there's still a lot of variables obviously, that are happening in the marketplace right now. Yeah, what, so. what, does the mar- what does the macro look like? What do we take away from this as it relates to how companies are feeling about spending? Well, the good news for us is that it was our largest quarter ever of enterprise software agreements. In, in large enterprises, we're making big decisions. And I didn't hear, I didn't hear much, you know, well, we're going to hold off on that. Right. Uh, so that was, ple- you know, service provider remains challenging. The, the telco space remains oh, what, very Just call it to see. If Verizon and ATT are very distinctly hobbled from the old days of Cisco when John Chambers ran it, and that was just kind of money in the bank. And it was a much larger percentage of our yeah. business back then. And today, as you look at the service provider segment for us, the hyperscalers are a very significant percentage of that business now. Now we're talking about the, the big guys. The Everybody knows. The big, the, the, big, the big cloud providers. And so, you know, They'll continue to spend, and we think sort of the second half of the, our, our fiscal year, we think the telcos will stabilize, and then we think in the next few months we'll start to see the, the hyperscalers tend to buy in six-month cycles, so we think sort of middle of our fiscal year they'll buy for the first half of calendar 25. Do you think that the hyperscalers actually know what they're going to do with all this equipment that they buy from you when it comes to artificial intelligence? Oh, yeah. I think, I think they know. Well, I mean, if you look at... What they're doing today is that they're, they're building out these, these, a, these AI networks and fundamentally these GPUs have to be connected and they're sharing information and, and they have to do it very quickly. And we've talked about the fact that we think the networking opportunity underneath the GPUs could be three to four times no, what the original No, this is underneath about. NVIDIA. They have to connect it, to, uh, mm-hmm. they have to, connect it to, to Azure. They have to connect it to Amazon Web Services. And the, the historical way of connecting that is through a, a technology called InfiniBand. Right. And owned by? Owned NVIDIA. Yeah. And, uh, 
And however, the cloud providers are telling us that they want to ultimately move to Ethernet, and some of them are running some of their fabrics on Ethernet today, which is what we do. And we actually uh, are a founding member of something called the Ultra Ethernet Consortium, which is designed to actually tweak the Ethernet standards a bit. It's a little geeky, but tweak the Ethernet standards a bit to actually make, make it more adaptable for these super high-performance environments. Okay. So. Now, uh, you have been a leader in two things. One is work, work from where you want, and the other is helping the homeless in what was your headquarter area, still is. Uh, give us a sense of what pe where people are working, and also, frankly, what are you doing for the homeless? Because you're probably the most active CEO in the country, best rating, for, uh, but for the glass doors in the world. Number one place to work. Number one place to work. Yeah. Number one CEO for homeless. You don't talk about either one. I'm asking to talk about them for a second. Well, I think from a, from a work perspective, what we've, what we've said is we're leaving it with the teams. And we've seen an uptick lately. People are, people are starting to want to come back to the office. Uh, Including our, you? Our New York office was packed yesterday. You? Uh, yeah. When I'm, but I'm traveling all the time. Okay. So uh, my office is an airplane. But... Um, so, but we really, we left it with the teams, and so our engineering teams in particular are spending a lot more time in the office. Uh, but, uh, you know, our theory is let's make the office a magnet and not a mandate. And so we're really working hard to create experiences uh, and, and create environments that people want to come spend time. Uh, and so that's, that's important. And, you know, we made a five-year commitment back in 2018 of $50 million to try to help with the homelessness problem in San Jose. Unfortunately, during the pandemic, you know, a lot of the progress we had made was reversed. And we're currently discussing with the organizations out there right now what, are, what the next phase of that looks like. And we'll be, we'll be announcing that sometime soon. I want people to know that you're the leader of that. It's not just, not just a member of the team, but a leader. Did not know. Chuck, thank you. I, thank I you. did think this was the breakout quarter. I know that the, the, the buy side people I speak to totally agree. The sell side people, they've been wrong for, I don't know how many points. They'll probably stay wrong. <laughs> Well, they were pretty positive last night when we talked to them on the phone. Well, they come out with this research. They do. Once they're not talking to you, they're a little more neutral. <laughs> no. That's but, okay. And congratulations, you got a real good coach because his dad was one of the great CEOs in our country. That's right. Tobacco. You're correct. Yes. Fan we're, we're on to fantasy football. Yeah, for we're those keeping track. Okay. Okay. Real football. Yeah. Coach, uh, coach real. Smith <laughs> and Fred Smith from FedEx. FedEx, that's All right. Story. Coming up. It's my mad dash. Uh, wanna, <laughs> it's my, this is my Well, it's part. our mad dash. <laughs> I can't and wait to see Chuck, your thank issues. you for being here. You, and I want also let, people let to Sarah know. Sarah contribute to the show today, okay? <laughs> I, 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 I talked to her. My wife He's is going to kill me, but, but and she is. But she loves you and she loves your wife, so maybe I get away with it. All right? <laughs> all right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, hope you have good weather tomorrow. Thank you. All right. Kramer's mad dash as we count you down to the opening bell coming up next. <laughs> the spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. 
Time now for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Some love for Adobe? We asked Chuck Robbins, CEO of Cisco, what, what people are really doing. Are they really using artificial intelligence? The company, I think, that is ahead of the curve, I'm going to quote the research, Bank of America upgrades Adobe. I think they are number one in terms of doing it. Shantir Narayan has basically put out products that make it so that you or I could look like we are. We look like Walmart on our pages because of this. It is so good, this Firefly. A lot of people are buying the subscription. 575 goes to 630. I like this call. Yeah, I mean, they say 38% upside to net new ARR as soon as 2024 from AI. Everybody's looking for reasons that a lot of people are doing AI. These guys have AI killer products. Cisco, if it rolls over again, then you know that the buy side really did love it. If Cisco rolls over, we're going to be back in this world where we just say, let's be patient. Let's sit on our hands. There's nothing cooking right now. Well, there's higher yields, and that could stand in the way. By the way, opening bells here and the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. Here at the big board, we've got Life Science Cares. It's a nonprofit organization celebrating year one of its Project OnRamp program. And then at the NASDAQ, Sezzle, a digital payments company celebrating its direct listing up on the podium. We're going to talk to them in the 11 o'clock hour of Squawk on the Street. It is interesting, uh, Jim, to see a little more resilience today in what has been a string of losses. I think it's early. It's early. Like nine. Like it's 30. not going to hold early. It's very early. Because Asia was was worse overnight, teeing off high yields. More bad news from China. You know, let's 2015. I used to go to my uh, old bar, Bar C. Miguel, at nine o'clock because my wife said, "Get out of the house. I don't want you sitting there being dependent upon how the Chinese stock market opens." And every day we were concerned they could bring down the world. So actually went to the 200-day moving average. Believe it or not, that's when she stepped in. We're doing it again. First, it's Evergrande. You know, it, all of course, every single one of them sounds like a really good magazine to subscribe to that's falling apart. Country Garden. Yeah, Country Garden. I, I used to take Country Garden. You know, as, as town and country. What was that one, Guns and Garden? How about Country Garden? So it's, it's a little more, uh, you know, let's say, touchy-feely. But I, I just am not buying it. I'm not buying the China breed, but I am now going to come not to you. Not buying that it's going to affect uh, our stock market. I am. You are. Like, that's what you're not buying? No, but I want you to opine yeah. on something that you know better than anyone in CNBC. Why are people so worried about the currency? And what can they want to do to us and the rest of the world? And could we have... A, a 1997 situation. Maybe walk through that. Well, they're worried about the currency because it's a managed currency. And what China's been doing is it has allowed it and, in fact, blessed it weakening. And we've seen some real substantial weakness over the last few months. Interestingly, overnight, they stepped in and went the other way. Interesting, because that would be the people with the big bear thesis would perhaps take a pause and say, wow, maybe it's not as negative. That's a very bullish call. There are incremental signs that China is willing to get more active on intervention okay, so me, and try piecemeal efforts. They cut reserve ratio rates. They are trying to come up with you know, ways to st- They need to go through a major deleveraging. And I think right. the concern on Wall Street is that they don't have the tools or the appetite to do it. Oh, wait a second. Here was the headline overnight that people liked. The premier said that right. they're going to that try is, to achieve the growth yes, target. Yes, that is the, the headline. We're going to bring 5.5%. it up. Now, my, uh, now, Cliff Mason, who's my head writer and only writer, and, of course, nephew, my daughter's, my sister's uh, boy, said to me last night, where's Keynes? Why don't they do any Keynesian economics over there? They, well, because it's a debt-fueled economy already. Mm. And they've done a lot. Of, well, they've grown a lot. Know, they they can built print. a lot of infrastructure. They can print. 
they have trillions of dollars still in reserves, for right, sure. They, okay, that's a very bullish call you just made. And can't they just pull back from Belt and Rotors? That's so small that it doesn't even matter. I think that's not the that's not the focus right now. I mean, they're dealing with long-term issues of demographics, of property sector issues, of debt issues. But I'm not hearing anything that could make it so that we should be sellers of of, of meta off that. Well, if the Chinese economy goes into recession, or at least is weak, if the German economy, which we know is weak, is recession, I mean, these are major economies that usually have spillover effects on us. We're not the biggest open trading. No, we're not. We're 12% trade, our economy, but so it's uh, not huge. And so far, we've been pretty resilient but, to uh, it, but you got to so, be aware of the Well, the, the reason I bring this up is because it's the big bear thesis. I mean, the, the small bear thesis is, is that the economy is overheating, and once again, the Fed's going to keep raising, which is not really meant that much because we are not as sensitive to the short rates other than the autos. Look, for me, the biggest issue coming up is the September 14th strike deadline for the autos. UAW. Yeah, yeah. because that is a Walter Ruther-like UAW. This is not like the old days. We are in, uh, of course, unions are much smaller than they used to be, but we are in a moment where unions are trying to be ascended, and that's very bad for profits. And also bad for the inflation fight. We yes. saw what happened with UPS, Salary for was UPS drivers. Is that a giveaway contract? I don't know if it was a giveaway, but it was inflationary. Stocks down big since they signed it. So, so Mary Barr was on this network yesterday. She talked about where things stand with these UAW contract negotiations. I think we have the sound. About negotiations, we're right in the middle of it, and we are working very hard, and we're at the bargaining table, and we want to make sure that we have uh, reach an agreement that is going to be good for the GMT members, uh, good for the company, good for our shareholders. Why are you so worried about this? Well, because when you go back to the conference calls of the last quarters, Mary Barra, I thought, glossed over the issues. Jim Farley is, of Ford is far more concerned. Now, these both of these companies have the wherewithal. They've got a lot of money. But I just think that if you think about where our country is, what you don't want to see is this notion that we are anti-capitalist again. Because when you listen to, this, to the head of the UAW, Sean Fain, he's saying things, a rhetoric that we haven't heard in this country in a very long time. Call it, you know, fat cats, billionaires, looking around here, not liking what we see, not as capitalists as I'm used to from a major union. It's been a theme all year long. It's not just the auto workers, not just the youth teamsters. Does it bother you? I think it's a, it's, a, it's a factor right now that's happening as a result of the tight labor market where exactly. companies are still struggling exactly. to hire workers, wages are rising, and the workers have the power. You've got it, and that is very, it's disconcerting. Look, I happen to be pro-union. I know that that's uh, not fashionable. I was a member of two unions. But I want it people is if you're to in the Biden administration. Now, by the way, can we just talk about things that are going wrong, yeah. okay? There's a meeting Friday for Palo Alto, which my travel trust owns. Oh, yeah. why, why did they do earnings okay. on Friday? All right, so everyone has decided, like, en masse, that because it's due on Friday, that Nikesh Aurora is going to die yeah. down yeah. big. I mean, why would you do it on, otherwise on Friday? What happens Friday if, after the bell. After the bell. What happens? I know, I know. <laughs> what happens if it's not big? Because this stock is now going down 30 points on the fact that he announced it on Friday. Uh, I don't know. Uh, all I can say is we're going to have to speak to 40 different customers and 
I just think that maybe people are overdoing what's going to happen. I just point that out because that is the shortfall that I keep getting. People are worried that they, they are going to bury some bad news, right. that it's a PR mistake. Why would you do this? They've never reported on Friday after the bell. Look, I, I, I'm catch, bringing it up because you? of Phone all in. that. I'm bringing it up because <laughs> of all that. Yeah. Uh, I point that out as another negative. I'm trying to bring up the negative so people understand why the market has been in such a funk. Because it has been in a funk. Well, I think the, the other thing is that it had been very strong up until August. Absolutely. August is seasonably weak. Right. We know that. Weren't necessarily expecting the data to be so strong. I think there's a difference between Goldilocks economic data right. and 5.8% GDP growth, which is where the Atlanta Fed is currently well, tracking the third quarter GDP. I think we've gotten into a, a, uh, a false dichotomy here. When we have really good growth, it's bad. And you asked me something earlier that was very important. You said, is good good? And I'm willing to say that when you get 5.8% growth, when I look around the world, I'm not getting that. And it's, I think it's positive and not as fueled uh, by debt as people think. In other words, I like growth. I like employment. And you're I not think- scared of rate hikes? No, I'm not. Interesting. I don't know if you saw the Bank of America spend data. It's up a no, little higher, bit. Higher. Uh, but if you listen to what Ted Decker said about how few people are, you know, people are not uh, stretched, which I like. Doug Yearly from Toll Brothers, people are not stretched. Stuart Miller from Menard, people are not stretched. Look, I worry when, when our consumer is hurt. I worry when the consumer is borrowing like mad. The MasterCard data doesn't indicate that. These are things that make me... Uh, not have the qualms that many others have. I think we're in a not great period for the market. You said it yourself seasonally. Uh, obviously, people are always going to worry about bonds and sell some stocks. I am just urging people to be patient. I just say be patient. Like my friend uh, Larry Williams says when he came out, he's a great market historian. It, it, patience is warranted until September. Goldman Don't Sachs trading note overnight said no, no longer buy the dip markets. It's a sell the rip market. They're looking at options. They're uh, looking at the CTAs. You know, sell the rip. That's another like, <laughs> you know, like I find the language that we've developed in the last eight ten years is kind of being thrown out by where the ten years telling us. Uh, I am, I, I, like, for, uh, here's a good one. Oil goes up, sell. Well, remember, it used to be oil goes up, buy, because we wanted strength. Now, oil goes up, sell. Look, I, oil goes up because a lot of the companies are doing quite well in the Permian. I'm saying go company by company. And it's just a little too great. It's a little too great. Oil has for many gone up people. a lot. By the way, energy stocks are outperforming today again. They're at the top of the market. And, and it's a good debate. What do you think of it? I think that it's inflationary. We've been trying to fight oh, yeah. high so inflation. I think it raises the cost across companies, like transportation companies. Um, it, it's good for the energy stocks. I'm not going to disagree. It's just that I'm saying that maybe we have to recognize we have a little higher inflation. The Fed will try to bring it down. But good is good. Yeah, we have an economy. Look, if you're in China right now, if you're, if you're President Xi, here's what you're saying. I cannot believe them in America. I mean, it's, they are like, how can they be doing this? How can they keep the H-200 from us? How can they keep the H-100 from us? How can they keep the big ASML buses from us? And we have, we have bad growth and they have good growth. And we have, ever, we, have, we have country and garden and they've got town and country. <laughs> it's all wrong. So I think he, you know, I'd and rather that be. that is bad. There, right, yes. I'd rather be us. I like the hand we have more than the hand. So does the market, by the way. We've outperformed China, at least. We've been such an inferiority complex in this country for so long. I don't like the inferiority complex. I don't want superiority. I like competitive nature, and I like more of a level playing field, and we're taking it from the I Chinese. Like your, I like that you inject the patriotism into the stock market. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Patriots because we play them no, first. No, no, no. Only you and Chuck Robbins can talk football. No. I want to talk tapestry. 
get your thoughts on the uh, quarter. Carol King. I loved her. Carol King? She's one of my favorite. Musician? Singers? Tapestry. The Tapestry album? Uh, yeah, yeah. Best it's song. good album. Her best song. Okay, good. How about 8% oh, oh, talk about the, weaker the sales dr- growth Two drunken sailors yeah. being <laughs> propped up. The, the Capri. You talk about the Capri Tapestry. I guess that Tapestry number was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't great on North America no. in particular, but but the but the deal overshadows everything. Exactly, because they talk about creating a powerhouse, a luxury powerhouse. LVMH is, they are not, LV, I know LVMH, they are not LVMH. No, but they will if they get this done, and that's an if, right? It's a big yeah. $8.5 billion acquisition. They'll have Versace, they'll have Jimmy right. Choo, which right. puts them they, into well, they wrecked, they wrecked more Jimmy, luxury. They wrecked Jimmy Choo. Those, the Capri wrecked Jimmy Choo. And Versace, we have to go to Milan in February to see whether they are a factor. They became a factor then or not if they really pulled back for the Milan fashion show. A lot of people think there's a lot of potential in Versace and that... Oh, see, it's up because they like the, you know, they like the theory. How about the fact that Ralph Lauren's been acting so poorly, even though that was the quarter? They've really outperformed. I know you talked to no, Patrice Lebeck. they're doing poorly right now. Because they're yeah, exposed sure. to China, and they're the more internationally exposed. Yeah, that's true. And China though, 50% what, what, 50% growth in tapestry. Growth. And, in, and in Ralph Lauren, 50% growth. Well, China's not that important for them yet. I just think, look, I don't want to really slide tapestry because I know... Dollar, finally, dollars finally. at a two-month high. That doesn't help Ralph either. No, it doesn't. Which, no, by the way, doesn't. also it follows yields and makes... And, and, and part of the equity weakness here. You mentioned the dollar against the Chinese yuan. A lot of people are watching now the dollar versus the yen because we're approaching very well, key levels. Well, Japan's made a comeback. Jim, the reason I bring all these up is because, you know, these are the kind of levels where things could break. I know you're not scared about the, the, the no, yield on the 4.3. I don't want you scared, not scared. Those that, are words. SVB happened. No, no, but the scared, no scared versus what I'm saying is, Concern, not concerned. I, I am very concerned about all the things that you brought up. Yes, and did I see SVB coming? Well, I mean, I don't think SVB Nobody saw it coming. Oh, and by the way, I think the, the focus on the regional banks, is what, that is just almost punitive. They're taking it out on the H-bands and the keys. Uh, they're taking it out on the Comericas. Not great quarters necessarily, but, cer- but certainly more dessert. First Horizon, that's who the government's taking it out on. Give those guys a break. Charlie Sharp at Wells? Mm-hmm. Wells is killing it. But they're not higher, they're taking it everyone out. Everyone needs higher capital. By the way, Cisco's at the top of the S&P now, up more than 5% coming a, off that interview. We did a solid interview. I mean, we could sit there and listen to the negativists and just say, hey, listen, nothing's good. Or we can listen to a man who's talking about the numbers being better than anything in the last 20 years. That's significant. Scott Hearn, by the way, the CFO, is a no-joke CFO. He's terrific. You know that because you have run the CFO conferences. Council, yeah. We learn a lot that. at those, don't when we? When you do that, you do a great job. Well, one thing I really learned thank from you, the Jim. last CFO count. Thank you, Jim. Love you, Jim. Um, love having you there at them, too, is that, you know, last the last time we met, it was a few weeks ago. It was good. It was good. Some of the CFOs were thinking, like, we don't want the Fed to keep raising rates, right. but... There's not a real sharp pullback in demand, and there's so much spending. They're we just, mentioned the well, IRA, this, which turned one yesterday. Oh, my. I mean, I had synopsis on yesterday, okay, up 4%, and they're deeply involved in the designing of chips. And they say they haven't even seen the money yet from the from the. It hasn't chips been that, dispersed. No, it hasn't. It's only just applications, by, by the way, 400. Caterpillar would tell you that, uh, look out, 2024. I think they'll be sold out, which is pretty amazing. Uh, look at Eaton. If you want a great bellwether, what's going on with climate change and with uh, the notion of wind? By the way, GE is. Can you believe that that dog of renewables is now 
No, it's an ugly duckling. It's now a swan. That's a better way to look at it. GE. So are you saying no recession 23, no recession 24? Thank you. Is that the call? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying... Because coming in, everyone thought recession this year. Okay, we pushed it out, we pushed well, it out. So I'm supposed Let's to listen to everyone? Is that what I'm supposed to listen to everyone? No, I'm... How about I'm, doing our own work? Yeah. You're, now, you're against consensus here. I am. I mean, look, I'm against consensus. I thought the TGX was going to be the best retailer this year. And not, not just because shopping over here at this one is so good. TJX. Yeah, the right here. Six percent. Since we're percent. When you go there. I know. It's treasures. Which aisle do you go? What child do I go? Which aisle in the TJX? I, I like their shoe aisle. I think they have very good shoe brands. Well, you see some Jimmy Choo's there? They're doing some Barbie collaboration. Now, Everyone's Barbie, got pink. As the, long you know, as you've got a, pink, you're doing all right. How about we talk right. about the Barbie effect in the economy? You want to talk about the tenure? I'll talk about the Barbie. It was my favorite slide from the Target conference call. They 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 call that Barbie good. merchandise and then an good. exclusive album, that vinyl that they're doing with Taylor Swift. Should we revisit Target and talk about whether Pride hurt them so much that maybe their numbers were actually their same store was knocked back enough and they just chose to be uh, more sensitive because they're a great company? Target finished up yesterday. It's climbing it, again today. Here it is. And because Walmart. I think it's the cadence that they that, that was cadence really important. Was excellent. Cadence, the, how things went. Uh, TJX, by the way, the cadence was unbelievable. We should, I don't know if this, we have a chart of TJX, but that going to Hundo. TJX going to Hundo. I love TJX. What about NVIDIA? You mentioned the $800 price uh, Well, there was a guy who went out at 800 We had to have a guy do 800 like, and the, his snuff. It was like Ledger to Men. I mean, I don't even know how we got there. I mean, the guy's like, well, we're going to give it a... Oh, here it is. It's, it's kind of, actually kind of amusing. Um, this is Rosenblatt saying that uh, we are we are taking our price target to 800 from 600. Apply evaluation framework of 35 times PE on earnings of, of low 20s. We had been at 40 PE on 10. I mean, come on. What is this? It's like algebra. It's like they're eight, all trying to raise their price target to seventh or eighth on grade. Wednesday. Was geometry seven and algebra was eight? Geometry was ninth or tenth. Did you know to drop out of that chemistry class in order to preserve your transcript? I was never good at science. I tried pre-med for one quarter, huh. one, one semester. Okay, fair enough. Did terribly in Did biology. Did you ever walk into a philosophy class? I never took a philosophy class. It's all class. quant. It's all math. Are you a philosophy I, major? No, are you kidding me? I have a good English. transcript. What are you, what, you what wrecked my transcript? I was covered. Poli-sci. Now, we didn't even mention that the HMOs were all down off of the Mark Cuban initiative, Amazon, what, because of CBS. CBS is like Job. It's the book of Job. Everybody else is getting hurt by that, all the competitors. Well, it's not just CBS, let them take all them the PBMs. Down. That'll, that'll, we'll take them up tomorrow. So, SP is higher by about six points. NASDAQ, negative. Yesterday, closed I told you NASDAQ has got these people that are in a funk. They come in every day. They say, well, maybe today they'll buy them. Then they go down. It's not happening. Tesla, Microsoft, Apple, AMD, Netflix, all weaker today. It's, it's all the same guys. So Alphabet like, and Cisco are helping. Oils are up. You're absolutely right. That's oils up. Actually, a number of sectors are higher. It's oil, materials, about the, um, industrials. Wolf speed's terrible. Wolf Did you hear speed. what he said on the service not, providers, ATT and Verizon? Not great. But smaller share of their business. But damn, yeah. where's their money? Traditionally, it show me, Show me the Benjamins. Uh, that music means I have to go to break. I don't hear that. <laughs> But before we end the break, let's hit the bond report. Bonds at the center of the world today. Check out how treasuries are faring this morning. Again, the big headline is that yields are at the highest in 15 years. The 10-year pushing to 4.3. Overnight, I think we got as high as 4.31. scary. <laughs> well, it, it is acting as a headwind, certainly for stocks. Although and the Nasdaq just went past it. Okay. <laughs> synopsis is uh, higher off that new CEO in the Jim Cramer interview. Spock on the street. Be right back. 
Time now for Stop Trading. Good piece out of Bellius Research today talking about how AI will help usher in a consulting golden age. And they're talking about IBM. Now, we haven't heard IBM as a way to be able to uh, get hooked in, so to speak. We've heard mostly of Accenture. I thought, I thought it was worth reading. Ben writes this nice piece. Because nice piece. The, the conventional wisdom is that AI replaces those hundreds exactly. of thousands of consulting and jobs. And that's why I thought, you know, maybe you need to hire someone in order to figure out how to do it. I just like this piece. It just it read well to me. I thought you'd bring in Accenture. You have to bring someone. Most people don't know well, how to do this stuff. they compete with Accenture. I mean. Right. Well, I'm just saying that, look, if you knew how to, like, hey, i got to get AI in. ServiceNow has been a company that people use to figure out what to do. And I know that Salesforce has got its big Dreamforce, and I think they'll say the same thing. But so your AI everybody. basket is much bigger than the three exactly. that everybody talks about. Exactly right. That's I really what I've learned today. I, I learned do. a lot today, Jim. Same. What do you, um, ha- what do you have tonight? I, uh, my investing committee convenes at 12 o'clock. We've got a very good meeting, and I've talked about stocks that you can actually buy in this period. And then I've got a realty income, which pays the dividend monthly, which I like very much. That's a REIT. And then Cincinnati's own Cintas, which I believe happens to be near you. Uniform company, Uniform right company. near where I grew up. I passed it every day on my way to high school. Do you really? Yes, and I was always in a hurry because I was always late. Because you were good. You deten- probably were no, a star. I, wasn't. I, was, I got detention because I was so late. I never had detention. You know what I had? Perfect attendance. One of, of two course. people. Never missed a day. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, and that's why you went to Harvard. I went to a good school, too. Not Harvard. <laughs> when we come back, Jim, thank you. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Um, Wharton's Jeremy Siegel. Hear what he sees ahead for the markets. More Squawk on the Street when we come right back. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.